1: Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Joe with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is.
2: Jonathan here with the Score North download. The Score North podcast network consists of more than a dozen shows from Purple Daily and Raised by Wolves to The Scoop with Doogie and Royce and Jane. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts over at scorenorth.com, the free Score North mobile app or search Score North, S-K-O-R North, anywhere you find your podcast. If you missed it, we mentioned it a little bit earlier in the first segment, Mike Zimmer was on a conference call just a little bit ago and addressed Xavier Rhodes'
0: play from last night. Viking 44, first and 10. handoff. Carson runs laterally to the near sideline and thrown out of bounds, late hit by Rhodes. That'll be a flag. The loss was a couple on the play. But now that flag will go against Minnesota and against Xavier Rhodes for his hit out of bounds right in the Seattle bench below us. Penalty pushes the ball to the 30 of Minnesota. They take out Rhodes. He hasn't been a help in the, in the secondary anyway. Well, despite Kevin oh, Harlan, despite oh, Kevin Harlan. Harlan's drive by there, Z- or Mike Zimmer said
2: he saw improvement from Xavier Rhodes. So take that for what you what you want it to.
1: Alrighty, that's then. that's been your Score North download. Thank you, Jonathan. What a shot, <laughs> Kevin down. Harlan coming out. Pretty funny. Well, that <laughs>
0: was just sort of late too. <laughs> yeah. <It> hasn't been <laughs> helpful
1: anyway. Mackie and Jet with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. You can find full coverage. Written form, audio form, and even some videos on scorenorth.com And also uh, ScoreNorth YouTube, too, if you want uh, the first segment or two of, uh, of Judd and I last night on Vikings Vent Line. That was one of the, I mean, honestly, we had a lot of really good, smart calls last night, so I feel like there weren't a lot of ledge jumpers after that loss. We just had some good, like, two hours of
0: good reasoned discussion. That was a fun game to watch. It was. And, and by it, the way, Four penalties. How about that? According to our friend Kevin Seifert of ESPN, let them play. The fewest called in any game this season. Yes. How much fun was that? It was
1: actually, let's ask that question to our next guest here. He's a former Viking linebacker, twelve-year NFL head coach. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Del Rio, Jack Del Rio. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, tell us what's going on. Not much. Uh, well, we're just we're trying to dissect this last. Actually, let's start with the penalties. Just like let's take away the Vikings' buzzkill loss for a second. Isn't it nice to watch? A good high-scoring competitive game and only have uh, four penalties called. Just let the guys play, Jack.
3: Yes, yes, it was. Uh, it's good not to have the referees be a large part of the game because I, I feel like, especially early in the season, that was the case.
0: Do, do you so. prefer? Do you prefer Jack a, a game? In, in fact, in, in your uh, coaching days too, where there might be some close calls, but instead of throwing, let's say, fifteen to twenty flags, they just don't, and, and some might go for you. Some might go against you. But it basically, to me, allows there to be a flow to the game that for a lot of this year so far seems to be lacking at times.
3: Agreed. I mean, I, you know, nobody signs up to watch the, the Zebras throw yellow flags on the, on the ground. I mean, to me, we, we've lost track of what the officials, you know, really should be about just ensuring a fair competition. I mean, that's really their their job. It's not to get every single infraction you know called and noted uh all that does is disrupt the flow of the game and make it really boring and uh so no I'm ex- I'm, I'm I'm happy to see that uh that that the calls were down and I would suspect as we get into this a month of December and into the playoff run that you'll see uh that that becomes more of the norm where the officials kind of step back a little bit and um and, and don't try and call every single infraction yeah
1: uh so it it's it's a pretty rare sight to see a Mike Zimmer defense give up 200 yards on the ground like they did last night to Seattle. It's one of the fourth time since he took over as head coach in 2014 and so we've been sort of going back and forth here trying to figure out the Vikings defense is no longer dominant like it was a couple years ago uh that three-year stretch do you feel like it's just really hard to maintain a top defense because you have to have 11 guys sort of peaking at the same time? Or when you look at Mike Zimmer's defense in the Vikings this year compared to a couple years ago, what do you see, Jack?
3: Well, you know, they're, they're, they're not quite as stout as they once were. I mean, that's just, that's just what it is, you know. And, uh, you know, Mike hasn't forgotten how to coach defense. He knows what he's doing. Um, they just, they're just not quite as stout up front. They're not quite as productive. Uh, you know, and, and Seahawks are stubborn. I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna run it at you, and, and, uh, you know, both of those backs are, are tough, tough to tackle. And so they're gonna pound at you for three, four, five, three, four, five. Next thing you know, it's kind of get tired of tackling those guys, and it turns into 10 or 15. So, you know, I think that's what you saw last night. Uh, Seattle was really stubborn with the, with the run. And, um, it, it look, it was a good game. It just, at the end, in the end you know you allow somebody to rush for over two hundred yards you know that's typically what they've what the Vikings have been doing to other people and uh so to have that happen I know was was something that had to be a little bit embarrassing for their for their defense
0: Hey, Jack Mike has got, got his guys uh defensively f- for sure and you know obviously he's done a great job with that defense and been in charge of it for a long time. From your coaching career, though, how difficult is that, that as, as guys that you might like a lot and have cultivated and developed start to decline to, to sever those relationships and, and that cord? Because it seems like Mike probably errs on the side of trying to keep his guys together, which at one time was great. But a guy like Rhodes now seems to be declining in a big way. And Mike keeps saying, no, he's fine. He's fine. And you watch his play, Jack, and you just don't come away saying, that looks like he's fine.
3: Well, I mean, obviously, you know, anybody that's that's making the big money that came in as a high draft pick, uh, that's had a productive career, if if he slips even a little, you know, know, it's just normal that people are going to jump on it. Um, You know, I I think he's still got a lot of ball left. And, um, you know, last night, what appeared to me was there was a miscommunication. Now, whether the safety was supposed to be there, or he wasn't going to be there, and the communication uh, never got to Rose. I'm not sure, but that was, you know, that was an ugly play, and those are the kind of things you, you know, those are that's just a mental mistake. So that's not a physical breakdown. That's not a lack of technique. That's not a lack of competitive spirit or any of that. That's just that's just purely a mental breakdown. So, you know, those are the kinds of things you definitely don't want to be giving those up. And as they go into this stretch here, you know, what happens in December. Will determine playoff seating and and uh, and whether or not they can get hot and make a run at it.
1: Uh, former Viking linebacker, twelve-year uh, NFL head coach, and ESPN NFL analyst Jack Del Rio is our guest here on Mackie and Jubb with Rami. There are so we Ron Rivera was uh, was let go today. I every, every every week Jason Garrett is being talked about. I think the the pressure and the media and the scrutiny is is so high uh, when it comes to coaches, not just in the NFL but in all sports. What is for your for your uh, experience as a head coach, what is the hardest part about being an NFL head coach, Jack?
3: Well, I think the hardest part is letting players go every year that uh, that have worked so hard during the offseason that want to be a part of your football team, and you're ending their dream. And then, you know, obviously, when you're a head coach, if that day comes, which it typically comes for every head coach that's ever coached, um, you know, and they decide to go in a different direction, uh when when that happens i think the number one thing you think about is are the families involved you know it's it's not just ron rivera it's ron rivera and his staff and it's his staff and, and, and their families and so there are a lot of different people that are involved um so yeah it's a pain it's a painful time that is the hard part about the business but we all understand that's what we're in it for you know because we're in it to win and when you win it at the highest level, there's nothing, nothing better. Uh, but then there are these days, you know, where it's going to be, uh, difficult. And, uh, I think, you know, you, you handle the, the news, the best, the best that you can and, um, continue to be the man that you are. And, uh, and, but you know, the first, the first thought that I have is for the families. Sure.
0: Kirk Cousins in your mind, Jack is how good?
3: Well, you know what? I saw a game early in the year, uh, called it on ESPN radio, uh, where the Vikings were at Green Bay, and he wasn't that good that day. Um, I have really had concerns about his ability to have the courage to just kind of stand in the pocket and take one to get one, because I think you have to have that in the league. I think you have to be willing to stand in in the face of a rush and deliver a ball accurately for the for the good of your football team, and I had doubts that day when I left. But I, I have to say... Um, He's played well this year. You know he's done a nice job, and uh, you know he played well last night. Now I, you know, with the game on the line and fourth and three, Ah Lee, if the guy's not open, try and buy a little time, get to another receiver, do something. That that play bothered me, but um, you know, am I going to sit here and say that that's the reason they didn't win last night? No, of course not. But um, you know, it left me wanting more. Uh, but I, I, they've got a good. They've got a real good football team. Yeah. I think Mike's got a good team there and uh the way they can run the ball and the way they can play D, although last night was not indicative of it, I, I would say that they have a chance uh in a crowded field to to make a run. If you
1: could pick one quarterback right now to to start your franchise with and, and have him for the next at least five years, who would it be?
3: Whew. That's a good question. You know, I, I might take a healthy Pat Mahomes. Uh, he would certainly be in consideration. I I love Deshaun Watson. I, I went to the Texans' camp this summer and spent a couple days with them and in his command and, and his his composure and whatnot. I I think he's one of the one of the bright young players at, at his position. Um, yeah, I mean there are there are a few guys that are pretty special. You know, Lamar is obviously a, a different a different kind of quarterback, but he's excellent. Uh, Russell Wilson, the guy the guy you went up against last night is. He's really just gotten better and better and better, in each year, uh, you think that he's kind of tapped out, and maybe he'll start to go the other way. And he just keeps getting better. He doesn't, no. yeah, yeah. There are a bunch. There are a bunch of good ones out there.
0: Is Jared Goff? Is Jared Goff just struggling a bit, or or did we get a little over our skis with him last year? Do you think?
3: Well, maybe you did. Um, I didn't. I, I think he's a system guy. I, I don't, I, I you know, I think it's the right system, and I think their system of what Sean McVay wants to do, I think, fits him. And I think he fits, you know, so it's, it's a good fit for both sides. So I think that's why they extended him, you know. So uh he's definitely capable. I mean, he had a big game last week. Um, you know, he's probably, he and the Rams are probably the only threat to the Vikings right now in terms of postseason. If, if they can get hot and make a run. You know they're only one game behind, so obviously that's the team you got to worry about. But um, uh, you know, I, I think I think he's more of a system type guy, and that and that I think he's in the perfect system for what he does best, and um, maybe wouldn't maybe wouldn't fit so well in other systems.
1: Jack, do you have because uh, uh, obviously a bunch of Vikings fans listening and Vikings fans who grew up watching in the in the '90s. Do you have a favorite Denny Green story you can tell us?
3: Oh man. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know that I have a favorite Denny Green story, but I, but I sure love Denny Green and, uh, God rest his soul. He, he left us, home. but I, you know, he, he was special, you know, in the time I had there, you know, I went from being in Dallas where, where it was just, I mean, every day was just a grind and went there and the, the atmosphere that he created was outstanding. Loved it. Playing. Uh, when I, when I became a coach, I wanted to do those types of things for my players. The way he treated us, he challenged us and he, and he coached us hard. But he, but he created an atmosphere where we just love going to work every day and that, that was something that stuck with me.
1: Yeah. Uh, that is Jack Del Rio. You remember him as a Viking linebacker, played 10 plus years in the NFL, coached for 12 years, and you can follow him on Twitter at Coach Del Rio. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks a lot for your time, Jack.
3: Thanks, Jack. Oh, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Best of luck to you. Right. Right good on. Good talking with you. Uh,
1: that's, uh, I used to, I used to love
0: watching him when I was a kid. Did he just rip Jared Goff and then not rip him really? That was a no, really it- good. That's a really no. Good he ripped him. He
1: called him a system quarterback.
0: Right, but then he's like, but he fits that system, and so that's why they gave him the contract. Yeah. I thought he was just going to go all in and be like, and I don't know why they gave him that contract.
1: <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think, I think, I think Jack is still just—he's a couple years removed from the league, and so he's not going to light every bridge on fire. But he brought some good criticism there too of Kirk Cousins
0: early in the year. Okay. And great stuff. Okay, so the Cousins thing last night—the fourth down play—I <sighs> totally get what he's saying. And, and I think Mike said the same thing, basically, that it would have been nice if Kirk had bought more time. Here's here's my feeling about Kirk right now, and I don't know if you agree with this or not. I honestly think you're getting as much out of Kirk as you possibly can. Like, I, I see what they're saying, and I agree with their premise, but I don't know that there's a lot more now to give, if that makes sense. There isn't. Uh, I think the
1: last eight weeks he's giving you... Peak Kirk Cousins. And by the way, Peak Kirk Cousins is damn good. He's top yeah. six, seven quarterback in the NFL. I'm not taking him over, you know, Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. He's right top now, ten for sure. But he's he's playing his ass off for the most part.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, can I say this without getting jumped on? Can I say this without oh, a question. working all the Vikings fans? I just, I'm, I'm going to say this. Yeah. I am not blaming him at all for what happened last night. The defense and Xavier Rhodes and miscommunication and even injuries, there's so many things, if, if we're divvying up our pie chart of blame for a Vikings loss, mm-hmm. there are so many things that rank above Kirk Cousins. Okay, he Kirk Cousins was a big part of the reason why they came back in the game. He made big boy throws yes. in the second half. Okay, So I just want to lay that groundwork first. But is it okay for just a small portion of me, a small portion of me, to be mildly annoyed yeah. that when they get the ball down by four after all that's happened, you're down by four with three timeouts and three and a half minutes to go. Yes. And your last three plays are incomplete pass to Alex Madison, incomplete pass actually, I'm sorry, five-yard pass to Alex Madison. Yep. Uh incomplete pass to Laquan Treadwell. Yep. And incomplete pass with no chance, really, of a completion to Irv Smith on that fourth down and three play. Like I got done with that thinking, gosh dang it, he's played his ass off for the most part, and I'm not blaming him for this loss, but I really wanted more
0: out of those last three plays. And what did I tell you? Can I say that? Of course you can. And as we watched that series unfold, what did I tell you last night? I said, same situation, regular season, okay, not playoffs. Same situation, same game, regular season, If that had been Favre, 2010, we fully expect him. We expect him.
1: 2009, maybe.
0: Or not nine. I'm sorry. 2010, I expect him to be unconscious. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, no, no. Sorry, (laughs) I misspoke. Uh, Brett Favre, 2009, or Packers Favre for much of his time there, I guess. You would have said, oh, he's going to do this. Full disclosure with Kirk, I thought to myself, I wonder if he can do this. It never the 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 uh, synapses in my mind never fired as oh he's going to do this yeah it was I wonder if he can and then when he couldn't I wasn't like oh I can't believe he didn't do this but he did enough
1: for the most part up until that point and you just you would just expect now the one of their touchdowns was a defensive touchdown but I would still say twenty three points offensively on the road against Seattle take it or leave it I would have said. Man, like, oh, uh, they probably lose 24-23 if they only score 23. But I think, by the way, uh, in the, in which case, Dan Bailey would
0: have been the guy that we were <laughs> would be shouting down today. Yep. But we were, don't forget, too, that, that what Kirk has done this year is a significant upgrade on what they wanted, which was Case Keenum. That was the, I never took this signing to be Hall of Fame quarterback is here now. Favre is here now. It's all going to be great. I took it to mean upgrade, and they paid the price there. What yeah. was disappointing was last year you really didn't get the upgrade, yeah. and the first four games this year you didn't. Since uh, the Giants game, you've gotten it. Yeah, and I think what I think what's been kind of frustrating this season, and I've seen
1: you know I some of this is just like me paying too close attention to Twitter, probably, and it's, a, it's such a small snapshot of you know the the whole pie of Vikings fans and followers, but. I think it's, I don't think it's fair that you can't at all point out the last three plays of last night, of, of last night's game offensively for the Vikings and say, you know what? I eh, just want a little bit more there. I just want a little bit, just want a little bit more there. I'm not asking for anything Herculean there. I just want, throw it to someone else if Irv Smith is covered there. Like, just find it. Are you telling me that every route on that play, including Irv Smith, was blanketed and you just had no other option there? I, so I hate that if you say that, It's like, well, there they go. There's Mackey. There's Score North blaming Kirk, blaming Kirk. No, not blaming Kirk. I'm just saying in a game in which he played really, really well for the most part. Yep. I left thinking just uh, maybe don't throw it to Laquan Treble on that third down play.
0: But you're basically saying what the coaches also say, like Jack just said, which is, hey, he played pretty well, but you'd like to see this be different. And it's absolutely true. My point is I don't know if he's capable of making that different if on that play. If, I don't know. If
1: Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs are both on the field for that for that last drive when they're down by four points, to throw I, I honestly think they win the game. I think they win the game. And I think we're sitting here saying, Boy, that defense was a disaster, but holy cow, can you believe that they came back and won that game and Adam Thielen uh six five one, six four six, eight two five five. Paul, you're on Mackie and Jeb with Rami.
2: Just like old days,
0: huh?
1: <laughs> Good to hear you got from you. you, you
0: got,
2: you're,
1: you're using your turn signal properly. We appreciate that.
0: Yeah,
2: sorry about that.
0: <laughs> oh, it's okay.
2: Oh, boy. Uh, real quick, before I get to my point, I got two words for Judd, and it comes from Phil. It's happening, and I think you know what I'm talking about uh, over in St. Paul.
0: You can move on now, Paul yeah <laughs> next topic please oh. saying, oh,
1: this is um, uh, this is caller I paul have... caller paul with a wild minute now
2: here on that <laughs> <YouTube>. <laughs> i have a question uh i haven't heard anybody talk about it the conservative uh check downs by the cousins in the first half i mean <laughs> has anybody talked about that was were people just not open down the field they throw that stat out there that You know, they hadn't had a a pass over five yards until that last drive where they had to go down to get a field goal. Uh, Why the conservative modus there, if you will? Again, were people just not open?
0: That's my guess. And and he's not, if he's not comfortable, Paul, he's not not going to make that throw ordinarily, which is sort of a shame at times because he can. That's where, that's my conundrum with Kirk at times is actually some of his best throws are those deep shots which are risky which might be picked off which i would argue at certain times especially in the first half can almost serve as just punts but he can make th- those throws it's funny he likes the check down but actually the check down is some of his worst throws some of his best throws are deep shots
2: right including the fourth down little yes. you know throw to the left that was that was just You kind of look at that and go, couldn't we come up with something better? Uh, One other point. Not one person I have heard, you know, we're really hard pressed with this defense right now uh, to come up with anything good to say about them. Do you remember back to the draft? And even you, Judd, were saying that uh, Ziggy needs to grab or Spielman needs to grab Zimmer and say, we're not drafting defense, we have to draft offense. Mm-hmm. Well, now, uh, tw- hindsight's twenty-twenty, <laughs> But now looking back at that, and I know we needed offensive line help. I'm not an idiot. But now looking back at that, maybe a little more emphasis on defense was needed.
0: Hey, Paul, do you remember when a certain guy named Jalen Ramsey became available via trade, and I suggested that it might be a good idea to pay the price for him? two fir- Two first rounders, so, would you have done that? Uh, You know what? If you thought, if you could have predicted and thought, well, you know what? Cousins is really going to bounce back and co- and come around. Yes. Here's why. Super Bowl opportunity. Can you imagine this team, if we were talking about a shutdown guy who could follow the top receiver on every team, with this offense right now, you would be, you might have the best team in the NFC right now.
2: Maybe, but they really gashed our run defense yesterday too, and that needs to but be addressed. That's because they
0: dropped. Too. But that's Paul. That's because they dropped guys back to try and stop the pass.
2: Uh, yeah, and I get it. It's a it's a vicious cycle. Yes. I, I get that. It's just it's kind of frustrating because there's so much talent on this team in different positions, and and here we are again scraping our way into the playoffs, and uh, and and even you, Jud, saying, "Yeah, Super Bowl? No, it ain't happening."
1: And I thank you for the phone call, Paul. We appreciate it, and we love when you call in. Paul was a regular caller during our nine to one o'clock show, and uh, it's it's kind of fun to see. Like we get we have we have a lot of regular callers now that uh, didn't listen in the nine o'clock uh, portion of the show, so we we mix and match. But you know, the Vikings right now, offensively, this is where like we've been conditioned to think defense first, defense first, defense first, and that's the recipe for how this team's going to win because that's what Mike Zimmer is. And that's what this team has been. And two years ago, they were the best defense in the NFL. After last night, in which the Vikings averaged like seven yards per play against the Seattle Seahawks on the road, the Vikings are now fourth in the NFL in yards per play offensively behind only the Cowboys, Ravens, and Chiefs. So we talk about how explosive the Ravens' offense is with Lamar Jackson and that running game? Lamar Jackson's Ravens' offense averages 6.3 yards per play. The Vikings average 6.1 yards per play. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a second. I mean, this is... A top five offense by some key measurements, and Cook got got hurt last night too. He did, and Adam Thielen's been out for what two quarters, six weeks yeah. or something. Yeah, no, this team, so this is this offense is good. So it's it's you know it's no longer about okay, okay why is this defense not the way it was two years ago? It's literally can you do anything in the next month? Is there anything you can do? Benching Xavier Rhodes is a good start. Is there anything you can do? To just get this thing to be an above-average defense down the stretch so that you can ride the momentum and hope that Adam Thielen comes back. And those things are what leaves my Super Bowl door open.
0: I do think that if you had had an inkling that the offense was ultimately going to turn a corner in October and be like this fairly consistently, that, that a Minka-Fitzpatrick trade or a, a, a trade for Ramsey would have had to seriously be considered at that
1: time. But you know who who made those similar moves, right? The The... The next time the Los Angeles Rams have a first round pick is like 2023 or yeah, something, that's right? So you and the Rams are sitting in a
0: spot Fitzpatrick for one first round pick, which would have been really
1: tempting. Sure. So you just it's I understand why you don't want to mortgage a ton of future first round picks and draft assets because windows in the NFL,
0: right. unless you've got that franchise top five quarterback, windows are fleeting. Right. But they're also because of, of that you've got to do it just right. Or it passes, it passes you by on, on one side of the ball and becomes a problem, right? It's a really weird problem here because two years ago, the Vikings defense, you thought, this is unbelievable. Can yeah. they get the offense right? And then last year, the defense was probably declining a bit. I don't think it was bad last year and the offense couldn't get it right. And now the offense pretty much seems to. For the most part, the the line still could obviously be improved. But the offense now has a quarterback and a system that seems to be efficient and definitely working with yeah, Kubiak, right? And now your defense is declining. And so this is why why I think you have to be willing to a certain point to mortgage the future at times because if you hit that right, the Vikings, right, 2009, they almost hit it exactly right. But those seasons, they're gone, you
1: yeah. know. Uh the Vikings just to dig more on these offensive numbers. They have a number called net yards per attempt which includes sack yardage. So it includes if the offensive line gets bowled over and Kirk Cousins gets sacked for an 8-yard loss or something. Uh that that counts here. They are second in the NFL in average net yards per attempt behind only the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so, well, okay. I'm going to take that into account. Yeah, but the da- I mean, the- would no, anyone I- argue that the Cowboys have a great I roster? Like Dak, I like Dak Prescott. Personnel. Yeah. What's this anniversary here? Is this Randall Cunningham's 99-yard punch? Yes, they just
0: showed it. <laughs> That's amazing. They Only on AstroTurf
1: would that ever be possible. That old uh, Giant Stadium. Uh, two things when we come back here. Let's open up phone lines for anyone who, because we had a bunch of people try to call in earlier, but we had Jack Del Rio on. 651-646-8255. Do you think Kirk Cousins did enough last night? And has Mike Zimmer lost his defensive touch? Those are two things we've been kicking around. But we got to get to Vikings nitpicks, too. We've we've picked apart all the big stuff here in the first hour, but there's a lot of other stuff. Vikings nitpicks that we have to get to here. Booger on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. That might be one of them. Broadcast or game nitpicks. There, we were, there were here. a few things about the broadcast last night that went beyond Booger. What's on the TCL TV? Looks like P.T.I. is saying goodbye to our old buddy Kai Forbath here. He got cut. Yeah, oh, it's a shame. Wait, Kai Forbath, uh, Patriots, right? Yeah, w- Patriots. For, one game like, for like. Five minutes. And shockingly, Mr. P.A.T. And he's gone. Uh, So we watch all kinds of sports here on our TCL TVs. We've got a 55-inch built-in Roku TV here in the studio. We've got two of them, actually. And that built-in Roku device gives you access to thousands of streaming channels, sports and non-sports. Everything from HBO Now and Hulu and Amazon Prime to ESPN Plus, if you want to watch Peyton's Places, or uh, any of those film breakdowns with like Kobe Bryant, Peyton Manning. And we love it when listeners tweet us pictures of their TCL TV setups. We've seen a couple of them in the last couple of days. Send them to at Phil Mackey on Twitter, and we'll pass them along to our friends at TCL. You can help the show by tweeting us your pictures of your TCL TV setups and go to any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities to find a TCL TV for yourself.